This is Finding Center, a daily half-hour of spiritual focus. Today on Finding Center, the theme is The Lord's Helping Hand. Robert H. Todd, BYU Professor of Mechanical Engineering when this devotional was given, will give his message entitled, So What Do You Really Want to Be When You Grow Up? You're such a wonderful and beautiful and impressive sight. I wish each one of you could stand where I'm standing right now and see what I see as I look into your faces. You're the ones that the Lord is counting on to help prepare for His second coming. As I've prayed about what I might say to you this morning, I felt impressed that the most valuable thing that I could say above all else would be to testify to you that our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, love you, unconditionally love you. There are many things that I confess that I do not know, but I know this to be true. I also know that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God and that the Book of Mormon is exactly what it claims to be. I know that, as Joseph Smith said, the Book of Mormon is the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion, and that a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. Brothers and sisters, I know that Jesus Christ is my Savior, my Redeemer, and my Advocate with my Heavenly Father. I know that as I am eager to be taught and to repent, willing to change and to strive to become like a little child, my sins can be forgiven. I know that because of His Atonement, when I come unto Him, my heart can be changed. I love Him and I am grateful more than I can ever find words to describe for all that He has done for me. The Christian world is about to celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, and knowing what we know, we ought to be the best Christians in all the world. I believe with all of my heart that if our Savior Jesus Christ were to walk into this room this morning amongst us here, the two most significant characteristics we would observe and feel about Him would be His overwhelming glory and His unconditional love for us, each and every one of us individually. Brothers and sisters, I know that the Church is true. It is all that it claims to be. It is really true. I am grateful that my Heavenly Father has given me this testimony, and I feel an obligation to share my testimony whenever I have the opportunity. I've found that sharing my testimony is one of the greatest privileges of my life. I've found that, as President Packer has taught us, that as you give that which you have, there is a replacement with increase. As I felt impressed that sharing my testimony would be the most valuable thing I could do this morning, I've also felt impressed to ask you a personal question. May I do that? Have you ever thought carefully and deeply about what you really wanted to be when you grow up? It doesn't matter whether you've chosen to be an engineer, an economist, a psychologist, physician, a physicist, a sociologist, a scientist, a printer, a plumber, a philosopher, whatever. All of these professions can be wonderful in blessing the lives of others and can make you and bring you great fulfillment when well done. 
But what attributes do you really want to have as one of our Heavenly Father's children? What kind of person do you really want to be? Most importantly, what do you want to be like as you stand one day in front of God? What kind of character do you really want to have? In the quiet, reflective, and deep, soul-searching moments of your life, you've probably thought about this and have made at least some decisions. One day, I promise you, if you haven't already thought about this carefully, you will. And this experience will help you begin to see the need for the Atonement of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You'll begin to see where you are compared with where you really want to be, and you'll begin to feel your dependence upon our Savior and His Atonement. As you do this, your heart will begin to be softened, and the Holy Ghost will give you impressions of what you should do to be better. Not only that, but you'll begin to feel that you can be better because of your faith in Him and what He's done for you. You are of noble birthright. You are one of His children, and God will help you do it. Our Heavenly Father, because He loves us unconditionally, has given us a very special gift and the privilege of coming to this earth as a mortal being to use this gift with all of the challenges, difficulties, and opportunities that a mortal state provides. This special gift is our moral agency. Because we have been given this precious gift, we are the ones that will choose what we will become. Those circumstances for each of us and our individual choices will be different. The choices that we do make for all of us, no matter what our circumstances, will make us what we will become. We are our own judges. Some years ago, I heard a parable of an old Cherokee chief who was trying to teach his grandson about this principle. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight at times, and the fight is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, self-doubt, jealousy, and ego. The other is good. He's joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. This same fight is going on inside of you and inside of every other person, too. The grandson thought about what his grandfather had said to him for a minute and then asked, Grandfather, which wolf will win? The old chief simply replied, The one that I feed. President David O. McKay, a prophet of God, put it this way, Each one of us is carving a soul this very minute, our own soul. Is it going to be a deformed one or is it going to be something admirable and beautiful? Yours is the responsibility. Nobody else can carve it for you. Parents may guide and teachers may help with suggestions. But each young man and each young woman has the responsibility to carve his or her own character. While the Savior walked the earth and taught his gospel in the land of Jerusalem, a certain lawyer asked him a question tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? 
Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two great commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The Savior also taught us, Come, follow me. The opportunity of this life, then, is to use our moral agency to choose to follow our Savior and to learn to love God and our fellow man as God loves us. The book of John says that God is love, and perfect love casteth out all fear. We can choose anything we really want, but the greatest opportunity we have is to choose to become like them. It's not always easy to love God and our fellow man. At times it takes great effort to do this, and we must learn to school the use of our agency and yield our hearts to God, as the prophet Helaman said in the Book of Mormon. Helaman spoke of a people who had learned why they were really here on this earth and acted accordingly. Listen to these words from this prophet. Nevertheless, they did fast and pray oft and did wax stronger and stronger in their humility and firmer and firmer in the faith of Christ unto the filling their souls with joy and consolation, yea, even to the purifying and the sanctification of their hearts, which sanctification cometh because of their yielding their hearts unto God. As we choose to school our agency and practice yielding our hearts to God, we often bump into the natural man within us again and again. I'd like to share a story with you that helped me understand something about the natural man within each of us and how that natural man can react. When I was a boy, I had a wonderful little cocker spaniel dog named Smokey. Smokey liked to play ball by having me throw the ball as far as I could behind the shop in our backyard, the woodpile, in the fruit trees, the garden, wherever. Smokey would not give up until he found that ball and brought it back to me, only to repeat the cycle again and again. As you can imagine, for a little boy, Smokey became my best friend, and I loved to play with him day after day. Smokey had only one fault. He was not only obsessed with chasing and retrieving tennis balls, but he was also obsessed with climbing our front fence and chasing after loud trucks passing by on our side street. One day I heard a truck coming, and immediately I thought of Smokey. Before I could reach the front gate and stop him, he had climbed the gate and was already halfway across our front lawn, headed for the wheels of the truck, full speed. I called for him to stop as loud as I could, but it was no use. Within an instant, he was nipping at the rear wheels of the truck, running to keep up. Within a few seconds, one of his rear legs somehow slipped and got caught under the wheels, also pulling his pelvis under the wheels. Smokey was left in the street crying and yelping in tremendous pain. I ran over to him and tried to comfort him immediately as I got close enough. He bit my hand as hard as he could. I was astonished. Why would this wonderful dog that I love so much bite me? My mom came out of the house, and somehow we were able to get Smokey in the large burlap bag and into the car. 
At the vet's office, we were told that Smokey's body had been so badly hurt that he would have to be put to sleep. I was devastated and confused. What happened was not an easy thing for a little boy to understand. It took me some years to learn the lesson from the experience. Those that you love and who hurt often strike out and hurt those that they love most simply because they hurt. Have you ever noticed that sometimes this is how we treat our Heavenly Father and others when we hurt? This is not how our Savior acted when He hurt, when He was despised and spit upon by others, when He was crucified. It's not easy, but in the long run easier than any other alternative to learn to act like our Savior, Jesus Christ, and to love our fellow man and God no matter what hurt may come to us. With God's help, I know we can overcome the natural man and become like Him. Elder Jean R. Cook explained it this way, As we increasingly think and act like Him, the attributes of the natural man will slip away to be replaced by the heart and mind of Christ. Many years ago, I learned from a wonderful man who served as my mission president, Elder Glenn L. Rudd, that all of us need four things in our lives. We need to be loved. We need to be trusted. We need to be understood. And we need to feel that our work is appreciated. When any one or more of these four things are missing in our lives, we often will act as we ought not to act. Understanding this principle can be a great help in learning us to love others, no matter what they may do. It can also help us see at times why we are not acting as we ought to act. Ask yourself when you see a friend or a loved one letting the natural man take over and they are not acting as they ought to. Which one or more of these four needs is lacking in their lives or, for that matter, in our own lives when we are not acting as we ought to act? I want to make you a promise. If you see someone acting as they ought not to act, ask Heavenly Father if there is something you might do to help them feel more loved, more trusted, more understood, or their efforts more appreciated. If you ask sincerely, really wanting to help because you love them and God, the Holy Ghost will give you some inspiration, even revelation, concerning what you might do to be of help. Do you not see that one of the greatest mysteries of godliness that many never see is that when we use our agency to choose to give our love away, we gain more love and we become more like our Savior and our Heavenly Father? Does knowing this not give every one of us an added opportunity for service and a way to show love to our fellow men? Can we not see that we must learn to give away what we would hope to gain to become like God? This is what our Heavenly Father does for us. Do we really want to be like Him and our Savior when we grow up? Each one of us has a short window of opportunity to learn to yield our hearts to God. That is, to use mortality to become more like our Savior to learn to love others as God and our Savior love us. To illustrate this, I will share one last story. 
I knew a man who lived in Sugar City, Idaho, when the Teton Dam broke in 1976. I heard the story from another one of his friends, and I spoke with him to confirm its truthfulness some years ago before he passed away. I share it with you to illustrate how a man can come to love God and yield his heart to Him, give God his agency, so to speak, because he only wants to do what God would want him to do, not what he would want to otherwise do. In 1976, President Spencer W. Kimball had asked us as members of the Church to fix up our homes, our barns, and our yards. President Kimball told us that non-members of the Church would judge the truthfulness of the Church by how well we took care of what we had been given, which I know to be true. One morning after President Kimball had given the Church this counsel, my friend was out in his front yard painting his fence and planting petunias with his wife. He painted his barn the week before. His family had about 40 acres of land, and they were raising their seven children with the help of 40 milk cows. You get the picture. A neighbor stopped out in front of his home. The neighbor asked my friend what he was doing painting his fence and planting those flowers in his front yard. My friend kindly reminded his neighbor that President Kimball had asked us to fix up our homes and our yards, and he wanted to be obedient. My friend's neighbor chided him a bit, saying something like, Painting your barn and fence and now planting those flowers, that's not going to increase your milk production any. My friend simply said something like, You're probably right, but President Kimball has asked us to do it, and I want to do it. Within two weeks, the Teton Dam broke, and more than 200,000 acre-feet of water came down the Snake River Valley, destroying virtually everything in its path. I don't know if you can envision what more than 200,000 acre-feet of water is like. It was a wall of water about 10 feet high and 7 miles wide. Thinking of it more like an engineer, it's 200,000 acres of land covered with more than one foot of water, or one acre of land covered with a column of water more than 200,000 feet high. That's about 37 miles high. All of my friend's milk cows were destroyed. His barn was severely damaged. His house was mostly destroyed. The fence in front of his home, the one he'd been painting just a few days before, was gone, not to mention the petunias. A few days after the flood, my friend saw his neighbor, you remember, the one who chided him a bit for fixing up his place. Only this time he said something like, Aren't you sorry now with a certain spin on the word now? You took that time to paint your barn, fix your fences, and plant those flowers? My friend Marion hesitated for just a moment and then said, No, they were ready to be taken. My friend had learned to use his moral agency in his window of time wisely. By his obedience to a prophet of God, he was preparing himself to be taken, preparing himself to stand in front of our Heavenly Father with a character more like our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This, too, is your opportunity and mine, brothers and sisters. Would you like your confidence to wax strong in the presence of God? The scriptures teach us how we can do that. 
Let your bosom be full of charity towards all men and to the household of faith, and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall your confidence wax strong in the presence of God. May I challenge you to an experiment upon my words today. In this day of headsets, iPods, and cell phones, and everyone living in their own somewhat isolated world, start with simply looking people in the eye as you leave this devotional today and smile. Say hello as you walk across campus. Your whole day will change, and someone else's will too. Be friendly and kind. Look for the good in others. Praise them for the good they do. Greet people, even those you don't know, maybe especially those you don't know. Lift them up. Who knows, you might even get a date with someone. (laughs) There is way more isolation and negativism in this old world than there will ever be in the celestial kingdom. And what we do here and now will develop our spirituality, working against the natural man, like against gravity, so to speak, to become like God. How we decide we are going to treat others here and now can make all the difference in the world and in you. So what do you really want to be when you grow up? Do you want to be a person like our Savior or somebody who is all by themselves? Look for ways to lift others up. Cease to find fault. Ask our Heavenly Father how you might help someone feel more loved, more trusted, more understood, and their efforts more valued and appreciated. The Holy Ghost will give you feelings how to do this if you ask for them and really want them. He has promised us this. I plead with you earnestly to ask our Heavenly Father for the gift of faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. When we have faith in Him, which will come as a gift when we sincerely want it and live for it, we can be blessed with hope that His Atonement will apply to us, yes, imperfect us. But to have faith in Him, we must know what He's like and want to be like Him. If we genuinely ask for this kind of faith in Him, we can have our hearts changed so we'll want to love God and our neighbor. We will do all we can to love one another, just as the Savior did. The Savior said, Come, follow me. I think my little granddaughter Emmett caught it just right. I, too, am trying to be like Jesus. I love you, brothers and sisters. I am grateful for the privilege I have been given to address you today and to bear my testimony of my Savior and of His love for you and for me. I know that He lives and that He will help you and me keep His commandments to love Him and to love one another and to become like Him. I have come to know that when I yield my agency to Him, yield my heart to Him, no holding back, He will give me even more agency. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You've been listening to Finding Center. Join us every weekday for a half hour of inspiration and spiritual focus. Today's theme was the Lord's Helping Hand. Robert H. Todd gave his devotional entitled, So What Do You Really Want to Be When You Grow Up? Speeches on Finding Center are often edited for broadcast. 
Find links to the full talks and access the rest of our Finding Center episodes on the free BYU Radio app, available wherever you get your apps. Finding Center is a production of BYU Broadcasting.